the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into our third hour, our phone number is 602-508-0960-602-5080-960. Love to get your thoughts on the major news story of the day. I dispensed with everything else I had prepared for today. If you want to talk about some of it, we certainly can. Didn't even have a chance to get to my monologue. We'll save it for another time. The major news story of today of the day is that Donald Trump has been indicted uh, by the grand jury in Manhattan under the authority of district attorney, under the prosecution of district attorney Alvin Bragg. First time in our, what, 240, really literally, what, 236 years of our being a country that a president or ex-president, former president, has been indicted. I uh, did not think that this was going to happen. Um, I have been surprised and I have been wrong about this. And all I, um, the first thing my mind went to was a quote I didn't share with you last Friday when this was looking to be beginning to look like it was all in the rearview mirror and so much speculation. But it was a column Peggy Noonan wrote, No, not, no, not a Trump supporter in any sense. She wrote a week ago, have we totally lost our marbles? An American, this was a week ago, have we totally lost our marbles? An American grand jury is apparently about to criminally indict for the first time in history a former president of the United States. This is a weighty and meaningful act. It couldn't have more gravity. And so the charge will be... Falsely accounting for hush money? The point she's trying to make and the point she is making is that if you are going to do something so monumental, if you are going to indict such a monumental figure, the case itself ought to be damn monumental. The point I was trying to communicate over the last couple of hours, uh, even for those who may be jumping for joy, and if we don't know the specific charges. We have an idea of what uh, we have an idea of what the indictment is about, but we don't know specifically yet, and might not know per Brett Johnson until next week. But if it has to do with this hush money scheme, consider about consider that you have to prove intent to defraud. You have to show who was defrauded, and of course you have the problem of the prosecution's main witness himself, a former incarcerate for having defrauded and lied, and that is Michael Cohen. Um, This notion that you will easily be able to explain to anyone what this case is about is cloudy as hell. I don't think you will be able to. I don't think it is easily explainable. I think, again, to Peggy's point, if you are going to do so such an unprecedented, such a rule or groundbreaking thing, it should be fairly explainable. It should be even crystal clear. This is going to be opaque as hell. You need to be able to explain this to people, even for those who think it is a political advantage 
against Donald Trump or to Donald Trump's political disadvantage. This is something that needs to be explainable. You could explain most indictments. You can explain most criminal charges. You can explain most civil lawsuits. Is this explainable outside the realm of politics? Keep in mind, if it's the case we're thinking that it is, this was a case that was turned down by the previous district attorney, a Democrat in New York, Cyrus Vance. This was a case that was turned down by the Federal Election Commission. This was a case that was turned down by federal prosecutors. Is Alvin Bragg so much smarter and so much more creative than all of them? We will see. We'll know next week. I don't know what the political fallout is. Subverted and destroyed for political reasons. And witnessed so the rule of corruption law appears to be suspended, not just for Trump, law, but for to anyone for who would consider purpose. voting for him. The law was where you ran when politics and regular civilian institutions or civility failed you. That's where you went to. That's where you went to, the courtroom, whether it was for a civil case of relief or whether it was for a criminal indictment or criminal charge. It's a now term. you have had politics go into the, the courtroom, politics into the prosecutor's office. Highly dangerous, obviously, uh, to put Asa it no Hutchins higher. I was rereading a speech that my favorite Bragg Supreme Court like Justice him. Robert Jackson delivered so to a group of United States attorneys as far back ago as 1940. How relevant is it today? If the pros- I'm quoting Robert Jackson. If the prosecutor is obliged to choose his cases, it follows that he can choose his defendants. Therein is the most dangerous power of the prosecutor, that he will pick people that he thinks he should get rather than pick cases that need to be prosecuted. With the law books filled with the great assortment of crimes, the prosecutor stands a fair chance of finding at least a technical violation of some act on the part of almost anyone. In such a case, it is not a question of discovering the commission of a crime and then looking for the man who has committed it. It is a question of picking the man and then searching the law books or putting investigators to work to pin some offense on him. It is in this realm in which the prosecutor picks some person whom he dislikes or desires to embarrass or selects some group of unpopular persons and then looks for an offense at the greatest danger of abuse of prosecuting power lies. It is here that law enforcement becomes personal and the real crime becomes that of being unpopular with the predominant or governing group being attached to the wrong political views or being personally obnoxious to or in the way of the prosecutor himself. Close quote. This then would be, of course, what Robert Jackson was describing as the greatest danger of abuse of prosecuting power. New York City is not immune to the need, is not uh, void of the, devoid of the need of law enforcement. Under this district attorney who has defined down and reduced down to misdemeanors over 50% of the felonies in the, code, in, the, in, the, in the penal code in New York and has presided over a 30% rise in crimes in New York, crimes, real crimes in New York, the idea that this is where his office will have all its oxygen consumed with and absorbed by is... Less than, excuse me, is more than obnoxious. It's more than insulting. As I say, it makes us stretch the need to be able to plumb the depths 
of our defo- uh, of our thesaurus to find the right words. It's hard to find the right words. Uh, I was with Sam Stone, another man, not used to having a hard time finding words or the right words earlier today, and we were both simply gobsmacked. We came in wanting to talk about a lot of other things. He had to. He has since left, but uh, he had to leave. But this this is this is a day where words tend to fail because the shock is so great. It's not only a shock to the system; it's a shock that the system can even do this. Tony is in Scottsdale. Hello, t- Tony. Hey, uh, Seth. Thanks so much for taking my call. And I, I just, I, I just, I was taking a late lunch at three o'clock when I heard the breaking news, and I, I have not been able to hear any of the conversation since. So, forgive me if I'm repeating. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, maybe, maybe what you've already talked about. Uh, you know, I, the thing that is so amazing to me. Or that that I find incredible is that to me number one, this is exactly what Donald Trump wants. Number two, it's also I, I think it's what the Democratic Party wants. And to me, you know, uh, it almost seems like to me that it, you know, and again, I'm kind of being a conspiracy theorist here, but uh, that uh, you know, that there, there's there's things going on behind the scenes to to make this happen. Donald Trump wants the notoriety. He wants to try and find a way to uh, to get more publicity, uh, more more support above Ron DeSantis, and this and this may very well be the thing that he wants. And uh, and and I think the Democratic Party wants Donald Trump to be the nominee because they they're pretty sure that he's beatable. You know, the the interesting thing, yeah, no, I I mean, I think all that thinking is out there, um, and I'm trying to sort out my own on this as a uh, wearing not not any kind of legal hat or expertise, but just trying to think of how it plays out politically. Uh, And and you may be right, Tony. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of speculation about that. Democrats want Trump in the dock, and Trump thinks it might be good for his numbers to be uh, politically prosecuted this way or persecuted, however you want, or he uses the word. But there is this other interesting angle to it all. We can pick up on it on the other side of the break. I have to take a quick commercial break. Brett Johnson was pointing out, you know, if he's indicted, even if he's, I mean, he is indicted, but if even if he's convicted, it doesn't prevent him legally from running for office. So it doesn't stop him. So there becomes this media circus here, which won't be three-ringed, it'll be four-ringed. But it is a huge distraction and time and energy suck from energies he would otherwise devote, I would think, to running for president. So I'm I'm not sure if it is any kind of short-term victory for him. I'm not sure if it's a long-term victory for him. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure how to think about how you deal with that. This is not the only case pending against him, by the way. Anyway, call me back, 602-508-0960, or call me in the first place. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960, sorting out the legal and political implications and ramifications from the indictment of Donald Trump. First time in history a president or former president has been indicted. Tony, are you still there with us, Tony? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am, Seth. I uh, was trying to address some of what you were um, uh, speculating on yesterday. We're all kind of speculating on how this plays out. 
you were saying, if I if I read you right, that there were elements uh, that looked like Donald Trump may have wanted this because it brought on uh, more publicity. There were elements of Democrats wanting this because they could, you know, get Donald Trump. I think all these victories, if they are and if they turn out to be, are what we used to call pirate victories, victories that end up being ultimate losses. If Donald Trump is convicted, uh, he can still run for president legally, constitutionally. Uh, I think he—I mean, I just don't think there's any bar in the Constitution from him doing so. But it is a huge distraction and time and energy suck— uh, obviously, um, um, from that from that effort or that attempt, um, if the Democrats are happy about having done this today, uh, boy, they have set an awfully dangerous precedent for when uh, the prosecution or the prosecutors happen to be Republicans. Anyway, those are my first thoughts. Yeah, but well, any thoughts you have? Certainly. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I would agree with that for sure. I I, I will tell you, as a precedent set by the Democrats for a former president to try and bring him up on these charges, which, uh, to me, it, it's, and again, I'm not an attorney, seems like a flimsy case at best, and uh, but it, it almost seems like the Democrats are, are trying to ignite trouble, yeah. which uh, I, I'm pretty certain they've, they've attempted to do before. Yep, yep. And uh, so I, I, I don't know. I just you know that that's you know, the most I, that's I, a very key point, Tony. And I'm glad you brought it up. I was trying to speak a little bit to this earlier today um, in the previous parts of the sh- previous hours of the show. That's a very good point, Tony. You know, uh, we, we a lot of a lot of people think that this society, this you know, this 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 government, this country is kind of hanging on by its fingernails, and um, that the last thing we need more of is frenzy. Uh, The last thing we need more of is discombobulation. The last thing we need more of is fuel on on the burning embers that we're still trying to sort through from the last three years, God knows, from COVID to all the election problems to the weaponization we're learning about from the Department of Justice— lies from the CDC. You know, we're holding on with our fingernails here. We really are. The last thing we need right. is uh, the last thing we need is more whirlwind. But that is what they are invested in very clearly. And it's not healthy right. for a society. It's not a normal condition for us in America. We in America yeah. to live this way. This is not normal for us. It's not good. Right. And I, I appreciate your appreciate your take on it as well. Thank I guess- you. We just have to see how it all plays out. Yeah, we'll have like to that. see. I have been wrong about this before. I don't know if anyone's been right on this, but I didn't think it was going to happen. I just didn't think it was. Reading the tea leaves as I was, um, at least I know I'm not alone. Thank you, sir. Uh, is Mike uh, on in Phoenix? Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Seth. Uh, Seth, I have a different take on yeah, this. Yeah, please. Uh, I, I, the way the Democrats work, uh, and, and I use that that word lightly because I believe they're they're communists myself. But the way they work is they they always try to take your eye off the ball. Uh, yesterday, the congressional hearings uh, where the military was uh, yeah. confronted about the drag shows and and uh, they they didn't actually look good in that situation. And then there was also congressional hearings yesterday about and there was a woman on there who was talking about how the mask. They knew the mask didn't work and yep. all these and they never should have locked down the schools. Yep. And th- this stuff should have been 
should have been headline news for, for all Republicans. Yep. Uh, there was also the situation where where the shooting, yep. you know, was giving giving them bad press. Yep. So when you have Bragg say that they're going to take a, a month off, yeah, the grand jury's going to take a month off, and then all of a sudden this comes on. Uh, it seems to me that they needed to take the air out of the room for those other arguments. And from what I understand, James O'Keefe just just uh, did an investigation on Act Blue, and uh, he he found out that people were were that he interviewed that that donated to Act Blue. They donated ten dollars. They donated twenty dollars, and and he had listed. Uh, monies that they donated $170,000, $50,000, and $25,000, and the people said they never did. Mm-hmm. So I think we're we're looking at stuff that are that is going to explode in the news media, and I think this was brought into an C- area kind of as a daisy cutter to blow away all the other news, huh? Yeah, I think, and 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 we fall into that trap all the time. Yeah. Instead of pursuing the stories that we know are going to hurt. The Democrats, we try to defend something. Trump, Trump's a big boy. Trump mm-hmm. will be able to defend himself. Yeah. And Trump will win the election again. Yeah. If we do our work and we concentrate on the things that the Democrats don't want us to concentrate I'm with on. you on that part, Mike, for certain. I, I agree. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you on that part very much so. I think what our task is is to understand the corruption of the institutions that used to be at least perceivably immune, if not immune, uh, subject to sanctions over corruption. And when you have weaponized uh, the judicial uh, theater, when you have weaponized judicial institutions and prosecutorial offices particularly, which have the most power, and turn politics into a crime, that's a new thing for us. That's a new era. That's the stuff of banana republics. And whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's, you know, Ishkabibble, it shouldn't matter. What should matter is that this is a country that isn't used to living under such frenetic circumstances that is continually pushed towards them and pushed toward them by one side. What is it you probably want more than anything else? I'm guessing, Mike, I don't I don't know you, but I'm guessing you kind of want to live a normal life in a normal country and, and, and pretty much be left alone and have things kind of work. That, that That's my guess that most of us want. We can't have that. This is why we can't have those nice things, right? Well, the reason we can't have it is because one side is good. And one Agitation. Side is evil. Uh, yeah. Uh, that one side. Yeah. yeah there, there's this overworn phrase called Trump derangement syndrome. It's an overworn phrase. I don't like using it. I hardly ever use it. I, if I've used it five times, Bill, you agree. You just don't hear me use it. Um, it, it it's an overworn phrase until today because we now have seen what derangement truly is. Derangement is a disturbance of a normal functioning system. That's how far the Democrats are willing to go. They want to take normally functioning systems and disturb and upset them. It's not a healthy thing for us as a polity or as a people. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back.
With so many cracks showing up in the banking system and over $31 trillion in U.S. debt, just printing more money can't possibly be a good answer for us. It wasn't for Venezuela, Zimbabwe, or Argentina. They all went down that road, and then the defaults began. Gold has never defaulted. Veteran-owned Midas Gold Group will reinforce your portfolio. Give them a call to safeguard your money with the stability of gold with the only precious metals dealer, Seb Gorka, myself, and thousands of you already know, the Midas Gold Group. Gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail. You think about Silicon Valley, Signature Banks, Credit Suisse Bank. Midas Gold believes we are in the early stages of a growing crisis, and the Fed's higher interest rates are your cue to create your own bank with real money, which is gold. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com or better yet, give give them a call. Excuse me. Give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Midas Gold Group. Gold you can hold. Your vault of confidence. Henry Olson, who writes for the Washington Post and teaches at ASU, writes that anyone who cares about fairness in our criminal justice system should be queasy that Donald Trump will be prosecuted in one of the country's most liberal jurisdictions. By all accounts, his should be a federal case. On Thursday, a Manhattan grand jury voted to indict the former president for his hush money payments to Stormy Daniels during the 2016 campaign. Trump has repeatedly denied all wrongdoing and dismissed the investigation as politically motivated. Regardless of what people think about Donald Trump or the facts of the case, it's not hard to see the problem. New York State's entire judicial process is controlled by Democrats who could lose their positions in party primaries. Alvin Bragg, the district attorney overseeing the case, boasted during his campaign that he had sued Donald Trump or his administration more than 100 times during his tenure in the state attorney general's office, something he probably did to curry favor with primary voters who loathe Trump. Every New York State judge who would either try the case or hear an appeal is elected on a partisan basis, too. It would take a lot of courage for a judge to apply the law fairly and potentially ignore their voters' desire for vengeance. Imagine if Joe Biden were prosecuted after his presidency in an overwhelmingly Republican jurisdiction. Democrats would rightly howl if an ambitious GOP district attorney did to Biden what Bragg is doing to Trump. Had the case been filed in federal court, the trial and any appeals would be conducted or heard by federal judges who are appointed by presidents from both parties and have life tenure. That means they are far more insulated from partisan pressure and can rule on any issue according to the law, not their own personal futures. And those who might contend that Republican-appointed judges or justices will simply rule politically to let their party's leader go, note that not one did so during Trump's contesting of the 2020 election. While the indictment remains under seal, the case will likely have as much to do with federal statutes as it does New York law. Legal pundits expect charges that Trump falsified business records when he reimbursed his then-lawyer Michael Cohen for payments Cohen made to Daniels to keep quiet about her allegations. Normally, such falsification would be a misdemeanor under state law. It rises to felony levels if the mischaracterization is made to conceal the activity to commit another crime. Bragg intends to meet that criterion by arguing that Trump intended to violate federal campaign finance law by directing the payments in this manner, presumably to avoid having to disclose them on campaign finance reports. One might hope that Trump could get a fair trial by removing the case to federal court, but this doesn't necessarily apply to Donald Trump's case. 
The relevant provision allows removal in situations in which federal officers or agents are charged with criminal acts they performed in the course of their official duties. But Trump isn't a current federal office holder. And his actions took place when he was campaigning, not when he was in office. Republicans could try to amend the law to allow removal in Trump's case, but Democrats in the Senate would almost certainly refuse to take it up. That might be short-sighted, Henry Olson writes. There are plenty of counties and states that are as thoroughly dominated by Republicans as New York is by Democrats. Texas also elects its judges on a partisan basis, and there are plenty of rural counties where Trump won with 90 percent or more. It's not hard to see how ambitious Republican prosecutors could imitate Bragg if Trump's criminal trial proceeds in state court as expected. Yeah, that's right. Henry Olson's right. What the Democrats have unleashed here is much akin, really, to what Harry Reid unleashed when he was in charge of the Senate with regard to judicial filibusters. They're not going to be in charge forever, and they're not in charge everywhere. And what was keeping us as separate between politics and law? Well, they've collapsed that distinction. It's been an important one, and it's going to come back to bite them now. How do you think the Biden administration is handling the economy with the banks failing and the stock market volatile volatility and the possible recession on the horizon? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? Portfolio will you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises where you can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. And no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily. There are no fees. You are paid monthly. This is a collateralized and secure portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate up to 10.25%. Talk to my friends at YReFi. They're local. You can visit with them. They're trustworthy and honest, and you won't get a sales pitch. I know them well. YReFi is a due diligence approved firm. You can earn, as I say, up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call them at 888 YREFI34. That's 888 YREFI34. I'd like to read you something, and I'll tell you where it's from when I am done. Bear with me. I am quoting directly. Donald Trump deserves the legal scrutiny he's getting, which has come from many corners on many counts. Yet of the long list of alleged violations, the likely charges on which a grand jury in New York State voted to indict him are perhaps the least compelling. There's cause for concern and caution ahead. Thursday's events are the result of a Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, and his decision early in his tenure to abandon a probe centered on the former president's business practices in favor of what had come to be known as the zombie case, the matter of a $130,000 payment made to adult film star Stormy Daniels in exchange for her silence about an affair she claimed she had with Mr. Trump about a decade earlier. Mr. Trump denies the affair. Czech writer Michael Cohen, Mr. Trump's longtime lawyer and fixer, pleaded guilty to crimes related to the payment in 2018. Though the precise charges are not yet known, it's expected that prosecutors are now going after his boss for supposedly covering up his reimbursements for the favor. Falsifying records in this way is usually a misdemeanor in New York, but if it was done to cover up another crime, it can turn into a felony. 
The idea here is that the hush money payment constituted an improper political donation because it benefited Mr. Trump close to the election. Pyramiding two transgressions of state rules to go after a federal candidate is legally plausible, but the strategy is novel and courts will regard it with skepticism. What's more, the potential campaign finance charge is itself shaky. When federal prosecutors charged former Senator John Edwards with a similar crime following his 2008 presidential run, he rebutted the accusation by arguing he was trying to disguise his faithlessness from his wife rather than from the voting public. The trial ended in acquittal on one count and a hung jury on others, at which point the Justice Department dropped the charges. Breaches of campaign finance law undermine democracy and deserve to be taken seriously. Yet the potential downside of indicting Mr. Trump ought to be taken seriously, too. This prosecution is now bound to be the test case for any future former president, as well as, of course, proceedings against his former, this former president in particular. Other investigations underway include Justice Department exam, examinations of January 6, 2021, classified documents discovered at Mar-a-Lago, where the possibility of obstruction is particularly grave. Those are straightforward cases compared with the proceeding in Manhattan. A failed prosecution over the hush money payment could put them all in jeopardy as well as provide Mr. Trump ammunition for his accusations of witch hunt, in light of which House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was right to urge supporters to retain from, refrain from protesting. Public perception and political strategy shouldn't dissuade a district attorney from bringing a solid case, but neither should they persuade him to bring a shaky one. The prosecution needs to be airtight. Otherwise, it's not worth continuing, as this looks like it isn't. That was the Washington Post editorial board. It's the Washington Post editorial board. The Washington Post, which has been gunning for Donald Trump for several years now. One might say if you've lost the Washington Post, and it doesn't really matter what the end of that sentence is. What does matter is that this case, for it to have a legal success on behalf of the prosecution, has to be airtight. And for it to have any political consequences on behalf of those who dislike or worse, Donald Trump, has to be explainable. And it's going to be awfully hard to do that. Alan Dershowitz, who I remind voted for Joe Biden, said, I have never seen a case in my 60 years of practice which has so many holes in it. Start with the statute of limitations. It's seven years before he committed the crime. The New York State statute says the only exception for that is if his whereabouts are unknown. I have to tell you, even Bragg could have found that he was in the White House and New York. Well, there are photographs of him at his house on the street. He was not continuously out of New York. I don't see how you can twist and turn to make the statute of limitations disappear. And then you have all the other. How many holes are there? Shall I count the ways? I've never seen a weaker case, and in the end, I really do think Bragg is worried about his own bar card. I think he's worried that if he brings this case and he uses a witness who he has to know is lying, there are going to be investigations of him, and there should be. He holds an office that was held by Bob Morgenthau, Frank Hogan, some of the great prosecutors in history, and he is disgracing that office by bringing this case. I hope he comes to his senses, but in my book, Get Trump, I named the book, I didn't make up the name, I made it up because of Letitia James and Bragg. They were the ones who campaigned on the promise to get Trump. This goes back to Henry Olson's point 
doesn't it? When you have partisan prosecutors who have to stand for re-election and in primaries, it's awfully tempting to make of your prosecutorial enemies, of your defendants, political opponents, or at least juicy political enemies of the populace. This is the danger of runaway prosecutors. We used to talk of runaway juries. Now we have runaway prosecutors. It's a new day. It's not a good one. I'll end the hour where I began it. If the prosecutor is obliged to choose his cases, it follows that he can choose his defendants. Therein is the most dangerous power of the prosecutor, that he will pick people that he thinks he should get rather than pick cases that need to be prosecuted. With the law books filled with great assortment of crimes, a prosecutor stands a fair chance of finding at least a technical violation of some act on the part of almost anyone. In such a case, it is not a question of discovering the commission of a crime and then looking for the man who has committed it. It's a question of picking the man and then searching the law books or putting investigators to work to pin some offense on him. It is in this realm in which the prosecutor picks some person whom he dislikes or desires to embarrass or selects some group of unpopular persons and then looks for an offense that the greatest danger of abuse of prosecuting power lies. It is here that law enforcement becomes personal and the real crime becomes that of being unpopular with the predominant or governing group being attached to the wrong political views or being personally obnoxious to or in the way of the prosecutor himself. That's from a speech to U.S. attorneys delivered by then-Attorney General Robert H. Jackson before he was put on the Supreme Court, before he then went to prosecute crimes at Nuremberg and then return to the Supreme Court. The greatest danger of abuse of prosecuting power lies he says, in exactly what was done here. Well, I know what the headlines will be tomorrow. You do too. If you can keep your head about you, though, when all others are losing theirs, you'll be a man. You'll be a human. Try and keep it. God bless you all. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Until tomorrow, I am Seth, and class is dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 